What's up, everybody? And welcome to the 17th fabulous edition of the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Omar Miller, on Instagram at Omar Benson Miller. And I am here with my brother from the same mother and co-host, Terry Miller. Uh-oh, a lot of pressure. Icons, at icons on Twitter. Uh, see, there I go. E-Y-E-C-O-N-Z. That's me. Eddie Melfi. Now let's party. So we want to party. We got a lot of stuff to cover this week uh, that's happened in sports. Still basking in the glow of the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, World Championship Parade. Just basically for me, just to be able to say I told you so. Is that like not, a pregnancy glow? It, a little bit. It's not postpartum yet. I haven't gone depressed. <laughs> no, you went dark. I haven't gone zero dark dirty. I'm still <laughs> up. I'm all the way up. Uh, we got a lot, of, lot to talk about trying to get our summer on and what happened this weekend we got it on we told y'all it was coming the fight had gotten postponed because one of the brothers got hurt uh thurman hurt his hand and then he came in and he hurt sean porter's face let's talk about keith one-time thurman and his triumphant victory to maintain his spotless record against sean showtime porter what do you got for me icons talk to me I really don't agree with the decision personally because uh, I, I saw Thurman getting a lot of good thumping on, and he was a one-punch fighter. He turned into Canelo on me, although I it was a great fight. I mean, I, punch-wise, he was landing some harder punches, but being the more effective fighter, I have to go with uh, with your boy Sean Porter. You know what? I didn't feel that way. I, I didn't feel like, one, I didn't feel like Thurman plotted, and I didn't. I also didn't feel like he was a, a one-punch fighter. I saw him hit some I saw him, you know, bang out some combos against the man and I saw him shock and awe Porter more often than the other way around. Porter did a great job of applying pressure. I will say that. But there were several times when he tried to apply said pressure and he came in where he got clocked. And he, he kept got, moving forward though. It doesn't mean anything. He still got clocked. But it he, doesn't he he was he made he made Thurman go back. Thurman was going backward for most of the fight, especially when they worked that gave you that body work, that great body work. Oh, he, oh, he made him bring his hands body. down from the ceiling to the floor. He was like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> girls hit you, hallelujah. Man, it was Saturday night and we was in the ribs. It was all bad. He had that rib sandwich. He had that rib tips. <laughs> Medium sauce. <laughs> he he really he really put a hurting on uh, Thurman's body, but even with all that, I thought Thurman showed the heart of a champion. Both of the guys, I knew. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. to me, fight of the year. Yeah. I really feel easy. that way. I, I that felt like uh, I felt like that was a, a great fight, and I felt like it was a fight of the year so far. You know, we're only in the middle of the year, but there was something about from the word go. I missed the first couple rounds. I was flying around as I do. But I was following the blow-by-blow blow on Twitter. And actually, you know what? I have to give love to that premier uh, boxing. Uh, uh, the, you know, it's, it's premier boxing is, the, is Al Heyman's company. It's who's putting it on. Mm -hmm. They have a great social media uh, feed because they show you highlights from the round as though you're watching the fight on little gifts and whatnot. And they'll show you 10 to 20-second exchanges. And then the cool thing about social media is, is that people are giving you a blow-by-blow blow from different perspectives. Right. So I thought that was, you know, I thought that was pretty cool myself. Um, so I can't speak on the first couple of rounds, but from what I saw when I got in, I did see Porter punish the body. There's no doubt about that. But I also saw Thurman putting in work with the left hook 
which stumbled Porter in the late rounds, and also with the jab and then uppercuts. There was one point, I think it was like the fifth or sixth round, where Thurman pounded him with literally four straight uppercuts. I mean, it was like, and Porter just like acted, I don't know, he acted like it didn't matter, but I, I obviously... It, it really it, didn't matter, though, because you saw he kept moving forward. So either you know Thurman doesn't have the punching power that everybody forward. believes that he has, or it's it's just that he was walking through him. I don't buy that. I think that I don't think it was I, I don't think it was either. He wasn't walking through him. He was hurt. He just absorbed punches well. And now I don't think you necessarily get points for absorbing punches. I think that if we go to the stats, the, and I normally don't agree with the stats, but you know what I think? I and I wanted to get your take on this personally, uh, because I think that all these sports are cognizant because of social media. There's just no way to really overestimate the value of social media in you know in today's world at large but especially in the sporting world and entertainment in general because what it does is it gives immediate feedback like when the Cavs lost those first two games by 30 and then ended up beating the Warriors by 30 the next night everybody was crying fix and rig the NBA has to hear that you know what I mean whether or not they respond and obviously they don't want to justify those allegations with a response but they hear that they hear what people are saying and in this, I think in boxing, one of the reasons why Al Heyman is investing in primetime boxing is to stop the cannibalization of the sport that's been going on with pay-per-view. Right. Especially, especially with pay-per-view that people feel like they're getting ripped off on. You know, because a lot of people just plain and simply don't appreciate paying 60 bucks, 80 bucks, 100 bucks for the big, big fights uh, in HD and then feel like you got ripped off. Feel like you see a better fight at your local uh, Irish pub. Well, you you and, heard what Thurman said, though. Thurman said that he wants to keep fighting on television. He he wants to keep fighting on television. He doesn't want to gouge the public. That's what his words were. And it's the smartest thing in the world. You know, we we should probably pull up that post-fight clip because he said a couple poignant things. One thing that I liked about both of these guys, and I even tweeted it, you know, it was a fight that I loved to see and I hated to see because I love both of those guys. We met uh, Sean Showtime Porter and his dad, really class act. Those both of those guys, yeah, really they're great solid people. guys. Yeah, solid guys. We met them at the uh, Triple G uh, fight a couple months ago, and um, really solid dudes. And they are they know grew up and are friends with Keith Thurman in his camp. Well, I met Thurman um, at the Mayweather Maidana fight and had a long chat with him. And you know he's a solid dude, as you could hear when he spoke afterwards. You know there was there's a lot of uh, a lot of goodwill between both of those brothers, man, and I wish them both the best. I hate that in that situation somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. What I hate a little bit more is that punishment because that. Uh, what, what else happened this weekend is that Floyd Mayweather got the uh, Fighter of the Year award, and one of the things that he spoke about was how he— You ain't getting brain damage? <laughs> he always talk about he ain't getting brain damage. I ain't getting brain damage. Look, okay? He, he says— uh, you know, he's happy that he was a defensive fighter. You look at fighters uh, like his uncle Roger and like Muhammad Ali, and he said, you know, it's wear and tear, and I'm I'm happy that I'm still sharp. I have all my faculties about me. And there's something to be said for that, but there's also something to be said for the bloodthirsty crowd uh, who like fights like we saw on Premier Boxing Champions this weekend. And those guys for 12 rounds went toe-to-toe. Now, big guys can never do this. <laughs> Let's just get that out off the top. This is this kind of toe-to-toe punishment is designed for smaller man boxing because little man boxing 
you're not getting hit as hard as you are for a guy who's walking around at 220 or more. Um, and you realistically, when one punch gets you out of there, the, the real one time is the heavyweight division. But I like what Keith Thurman said. I like what he stood for. I like I even liked his in fight analysis uh, in, in your post fight analysis of the fight, because he said, look, Sean brought the pressure. Sean did what he did. But I was able to defend a lot of shots and parry a lot of shots, and I landed crisper shots, sharper shots. And that was a very interesting thing because most of the time guys say, no, I just won. Take my word for it. It's like a Donald Trump thing. Yeah, right, but he, he did say something huge. slick right after the fight, though. He said something. To, what was this? Something to the effect he of He got to say something slick. I mean, he's, he's the champ. He's an undefeated champion. What do you expect? Him? You go around selling Boy Scout cookies? Yeah, man, but he's, you he's, heard the crowd didn't agree with it, though, because the crowd was in I their book. I don't booth. care about the crowd. Yeah, but, the yeah, crowd, yeah, but you just talk about the crowd on social media. The, the crowd, the crowd is social is, media. What? The crowd is social media as well, just like the crowd that was inside the Barclays Center. Yeah, but the sample size that's inside of the arena has nothing to do with the sample size of millions that's on social media because that sample size is actually diverse. The crowd that goes to the actual fight is there and they're just literally they just see that thing in the actual arena just like we are yeah when but, we go to the fights right you now, know you remember it was it, i think i think that it was a, a lot like when we watch who was it Cotto fight canelo and i think that they saw what we saw because when i was watching the fight and if you watch it without listening to the announcers who are trying to jade you or, or send you one way or the other then you recognize what was going on because he wasn't getting any credit for the body work. I mean, you get. I don't think for, that's the case. I, I, don't, I, don't, I think that I don't was the think case. That's the case. And I'm looking at the scorecards now. One thing that's very interesting is is that all three judges, Eric Marlinski, Waleska Rolden, and Steve Weisfield, all had it 115-113. But one thing that I find really interesting is they had that, but they had it in different rounds. Like they all scored the rounds differently. Uh, uh, on the first card. Here's the scores. The first round, 10-9 Thurman. Second round, 10-9 Porter. Third round, 10-9 Porter. Fourth round and fifth rounds went to Thurman, 10-9. Sixth and seventh went to Porter, 10-9. Eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh went to Thurman, 10-9. And the twelfth went to Porter, 10-9. On the second card, well, just basically, if if you get a chance you look up the cards, you'll see they saw the fight even but in different ways. You know what I mean? Everybody right. saw the fight in at, at 115, 113, which is a, just a round of difference. You know, I, I really can't stress enough how I feel important, how important I feel it is for judging to return to the even round. Right. The even round really, especially when you have an even number of rounds that the guys box. Well, if you would have, the first round either could have went to Porter or it should have been even, but it shouldn't have went to Thurman. Because he he started pressing the issue and he started applying pressure to Thurman and that's when Thurman started backpedaling because he hit, he actually hit Porter with a good shot but Porter kept coming forward so after that it, it, the the thing sort of changed because he found out that he wasn't intimidated by his power and then he went to work on them ribs like a yeah, slab. He put a slab. He put Memphis style. <laughs> he was he Memphis, Memphis on his. I don't know. The, yeah. the Arkansas ribs kind of nice too. Mm, no, he slabbed him down. I tell you that much. Lathered him up with sauce and everything. Me and sauce, pick it up. But it was, uh, wow, that was a serious display of body work. But I, I really feel like, and I've known you my whole life, you really, when you go one way, you fully commit to it. And commit it's admirable. It. <laughs> At the same time, you can get blinded. You shoot blind, in the words of Tupac, because 
you're not giving credit to a lot of the work that Thurman did. No, he, I, really did. he punished that man as well. They both got punished. I mean, both of them, I imagine, fight. took a trip to the hospital. Great fight. Then that's a that's a fight at the Barclays Center this Saturday. A fight broke out. Yeah, not but, some sort of dance arena. Right, in a, de- in a defensive you know. fight. Nobody, if you're in a fight, I don't want to see a defensive fight. I want to see guys with technical skills and then also want to see you fight. When I get from a Floyd Mayweather fight, it's not actually a fight, but he's te- like he's teaching me a class or trying to give me a clinic. I'm not in college to watch you fight, dude. I want to. I paid like 75 bucks. I want to see you mix it up. Hey, man, you sound like you got a lot of animosity towards Floyd. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't even you, Floyd hasn't fought in forever. I don't know why you're still bringing him up, but. Let's let's go cut to our our boxing reporter live from every fight and get your sack back. Uh oh, Ellie, what up, man? Talk to me. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Just came back from New York City. The fans over there are hungry for boxing, and they got a great great fight in Keith Thurman, Sean Porter. Uh, great atmosphere. They were booing. They were cheering. Porter fans were happy, man. Thurman fans uh, were happy. But at the end of the day, you got you got to give it to both of the players. Boxing is so tricky how to score it. It could have been a draw. It could have gone this way. It could have gone that way. I'm okay with Thurman winning because he's a champion. And if you're going to take the belt from him, take it from him. Yeah, I can I go with that. I, hey, I can roll with that. See, now this is this is where me and my brother are getting on different pages right now. He saw Showtime Porter doing more work. To, he, he just really appreciated his body campaign. I saw the fight, and I saw it very close. I wasn't actually mad for once. I wasn't mad at the judges. I could have gone with the draw. But I also could have gone with one time winning, you know, 115, 113 like they did because it was only one round difference. It's not like it's a, you know, there wasn't any of those crazy lopsided numbers that make you say, oh, it's rigged. You know, and that's a big deal for boxing. It is. But Sean Porter was so fresh after the fight, during the fight. fight. I saw Thurman slowing down. He was moving like the mummy. I mean. I, I didn't see that. I didn't. I think well, you're going. I, he I slowed down a lot. Got, you, you can't really. When they announced the 113, I did not know who they're going to call it for. That's yes, how close it was. Yes, yeah. yes, I agree. But th- now, is that because of boxing or is it because of the actual fight that took place? What do you the mean fight, by that? Look, it was very close because there was one or two punches that Thurman landed. They were like, wow, I can't believe Porter's still standing. And one of them actually had his knees buckled. But at the same yes. time, there was a, a jab in later rounds to, to Porter's gut. Sorry, to Thurman's gut. Porter landed yeah. it. And Thurman started running to the other side he, of the he ring. He sure did. So, he sure did. He ran all over the ring. He tried to get on the horse and get out of there. I think that was like the 12th round, 11th or 12th No, no, round. I think it was like the 9th or 10th. It was somewhere down the line, but, but this is the deal. We always complain about boxing, and we never see the best fighting the best. We always see people fighting people after their prime, people in a catway, people. They're not. This was a fight of two fighters with everything on the line. Keith Thurman came in, not worried about letting his O, not the O zone, but he, he said, I, I can let my O go. <laughs> must win to become the king of 147. Nobody lost any stock in this. Nobody got... You could say, yeah, Porter's a feel disappointed, but it's okay. He, I had Thurman. It's, I'm okay with that. It's fine. No, no controversy. And you know what? I feel you on that because one thing, and I didn't even bring that up, and I think it's a great point that you brought up there, Ellie, which is both guys had a lot to lose here, and even in a loss... Sean Porter didn't lose anything. This guy gained all the fans that he could gain. He's definitely going to get paid because I would pay to watch him fight if I if it was a pay-per-view fight. You know, I, I think that him beating up on Adrian Broner went a long ways with uh, with fight fans. 
because we got to see how much punishment he could actually actually inflict on another guy. And in this situation, he got put to the test. I actually watched the fight live at the uh, the the StubHub Center in Carson, California, when he lost to Kell Brook, and I felt like Kell Brook dominated him. And for him to bounce back since that fight and to give such a great fight to his boy. I mean, it's that the fact that these guys are friends in real life is just mind blowing to me. Right. Because they, they punished each other, man. They really punished each other. You have to enjoy fighting to you know, do I something think. like that. Absolutely. And here's the thing Sermon, right now, you got to like him against almost anybody. I mean, his options are Manny Pacquiao. I think he beats Pacquiao. Mayweather, very close fight. We have to see which Mayweather goes up. Um, Broner, Dir uh, Khan. I mean, it's a deep 147 division. And right now it looks like Thurman's on the top. But the same thing you can say about Porter. He could fight anybody and it would be a great fight. Wow. Listen, I've been saying this for a while. And when I got to talk to one time after the Maidana fight, the first Maidana fight, I ran into him uh, down in the bowels of the MGM Grand. And I told him then, this was two, what is that, two years ago, three years ago, Ellie? Uh, I yeah, told two years him, ago. Over two yeah. and a half years ago. I told him then, I said, you know what? You can beat this dude. And he looked at me and he said, you think so? I said, absolutely. He said, I think so too. And it might be a body shot. <laughs> and the thing <laughs> wow. and the thing is, he he is... I, one thing that I liked from one time that I saw this fight, I liked his ability to take a punch. Because Porter hit him hard. And not only did he hit him hard, when he hit him hard, he continued on. You know what I mean? It's like he, he didn't like get him in trouble and let him go. I saw Thurman use some professional tactics where he got hit hard and then he wrapped up. He knew what he had to do. You yeah. know what I mean? And I like that. Of course. He had him against the ropes at one point and he was destroying him and he locked his arms up and just played it off to kill time to get his air back. I mean, it was it was beautiful work by Thurman, but I still I just couldn't give him that fight because he wasn't busy enough. I I saw him get hurt a lot too, and then they didn't give because the announcers were trying to jade the fight towards Thurman more so than Porter. You could tell, but it's if you watch the fight and watch just the body work and the jabs and everything else, I felt like Porter had the upper hand. I can't roll. I cannot roll. I'm happy with the decision. Yeah, if it would have been a draw, I wouldn't have been mad at that either. But I'm happy. No, I wouldn't with have been mad decision. or a split decision. But but. I mean, come on. I, I just I just I couldn't give it to him. I I like the way that the kid Porter looked right after the fight. He looked like he could have went three or four more rounds. I that has that means nothing well, to me. That means point. that he didn't get punished like you you're saying that he no. got punished. No, he nah, got punished. It just means he's a real warrior and That's exactly what I'm saying. He, 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 look, he was like like what is that energizer bunny? He just he's like Charlie Sheen one step go and he would have <laughs> slowed down for anything and you can only imagine cuz he would go full force in the first second Many times fighters will go in so hard, like they'll pace themselves. Go easy the first two, three rounds, then go 100%, then slow down. But he was going full force the whole fight. Which he is sure incredible. was. <laughs> because if you have a spark, if you have like, those three minutes, feel like 30 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Now, I say this as well is uh, I want to get your take, Ellie. Now, you're in, you, you know, it doesn't get farther into boxing than you are. My thing is this. Um, I think that whether we're talking NBA or we're talking boxing, there's been a lot of legitimacy questions that have been going around for a long time. And I think that one of the reasons that UFC has been able to usurp boxing as far as ratings and whatnot in a lot of ways is because there's always a clear-cut result. There's never – you never know – you never have to guess who won. Now, one thing that I'm seeing that Al Heyman's company is doing with this premier boxing championship series is 
I like the way that the fights are officiated. Uh, uh, this ref is the funniest ref in the world, just with his, <laughs> his very distinct movements. Um, but he's a good referee, I think. And also, when I looked at the CompuBox in this situation, the CompuBox in this situation actually looked real, as opposed to normally when I see CompuBox numbers, it's so lopsided for the guy that has the more financial upside for boxing right. in general. That's true. That it's as crazy as the actual, uh, you know, usually the false scorecards from these old judges. In this fight, CompuBox had Porter landing 236 punches and uh, and Thurman landing 235 punches. They have Porter wow. throwing 662 punches and Thurman throwing 539 punches. All of that, from based on what I've watched, seemed to be pretty accurate because they were trading you know, one guy would go and try to kill the one guy, and then the other guy would go and try to kill the other guy. They were trading for 12 rounds, and I felt like those numbers were pretty accurate. What I'm getting at is, do you think that the boxing being on network television, do you think that there's been an edict or mandate to come along for boxing to now get itself together as far as decisions and officiating goes? I'm sure it has something to do with it because pay-per-view people pay money they're going to enjoy the experience it's like wwe yes you have your favorite but if you paid money you want a show so maybe yes. they, they're going to give you a show no matter what but network tv is free and you want to lure in the casual sports fan people who would not go look for boxing but you're putting there in their face and you want to this was one of those fights where even if you didn't know any of the fighters you were glued to the screen because you didn't know if the next punch will end it it was that good of a fight and i think there is a point to that like look let's talk about the nba for a second I've never had so many people tell me that the finals looked rigged to them. Whatever reason they may have. Like, how do you up 3-1 and lose such bad shots in the last 10 seconds when or the last five minutes? The people left with a feeling that it's rigged. This fight, no one said that. No one felt like you told me in the beginning of this conversation. For a change, you didn't feel that it was lopsided like it was a robbery. So maybe it's a good sign if that happens if they're cleaning up boxing because Everywhere I go, to be honest with you, I go everywhere, and I meet all kinds of people from all walks of life. I'm really, really famous to just regular people who have a day job or whatever. They always tell me, like, boxing used to be good, we used to love it, but the pay-per-views, but the corruption turned us off. It's very hard to get people back into a sport with such a black eye. But things like this change it, and great fights bring people in. Manny Pacquiao brought people in, whether you love them or hate them. Mayweather brought people in, whether you love them or hate them, because he could, even Broner, a lot of people criticize him. But he's one of the few fighters that's a household name regardless what kind of sport fan you are. So fights like this, results like this, accurate copy box, not lopsided or numbers that look way too inflated. Because how could they say someone threw 816 punches when I watch the fight? Can't when I watch the fight? Right. I, I know he didn't throw 816 right. punches. No, he didn't. But they, they spin it that way and it's marketable and nobody questions it. And sometimes even I have to hold back because I cover fights and I can't like work much because there's percussions. Of course. I'm yeah, covering boxing. I still have to be diplomatic. But what you're saying is very accurate. Yes, they want to clean up the sport and they want the best to fight the best. Look, we all want to see Canelo fight Triple G. Will it happen? I have no idea. I don't think so personally. And if it does, two, three years from now. But it's not the same fight. Like if it happened last week, right. that's week. Just plain and simply not the same fight because the public thirst isn't the same. 
And, you know, even uh, Floyd Mayweather brought it up in his acceptance speech for his uh, for winning the fight of the year, which was, you know, oh, boxing is not just this guy should fight that guy. It's, it's a business. It's a show. And, and Canelo is, is uh, Golden Boy's doing the right thing because he's their cash cow. They got to protect him. That's not what sport is about. And I feel like this is something that America is. This is one of those things that has made America worse. Because we've gone away from the traditional values of the best fighting the best and being able to take a loss and bounce back to it all being about finance, to everything being about money. And it's disappointing. Losing is part of life, big old everybody. You're saying that you've done you you've done epic movies and T V shows that are legendary. But you can't say that you've got in every audition you maybe you have, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not every not every interview that I've done is going to win for me report of the year, video of the year. It's obviously not. So you win some, you lose some. Speaking of the awards, I'm going to tell you guys a funny story that nobody knows. But this is the part of me that just I don't care and I say what's on my mind. So maybe this team called me to tell me, hey, Floyd's going to get honored to make sure you're there. So I show up in jeans, T-shirt, and gym shoes. And it's an award dinner where everybody's like tucked up, right? It's boxing writers. Mind you, boxing writers are the most bitter group of people you'll ever meet. They hate life. They hate the sport. They hate Mayweather. But they want him there because it looks good. So they're giving him a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yet in all their history, they never gave Roger or Floyd Sr. trainer of the year. They never gave Mayweather fighter of the year. It was wow. Manny who was fighter of the decade. It is what it is. They call him boring, but they honor him, right? And I give him props for not holding a grudge because if it was any one of us, someone who hates on you for so many years, I don't need your award. It's, it's, it's meaningless at this point. Give it to me when I'm relevant, not when I'm retired a year, two years, whatever. So Mayweather shows up. I'm waiting in the hallway for him to arrive, and the guy in charge of that event says, okay, you got to leave. You can't be here. I'm like, okay, so I wait outside. He sent security to move me from standing in front of their building. You can't stand in front. And I said, I told the security guard. He said, oh, cool. Security guard's always cool. I'm like, listen, when Floyd gets here, I'm going to walk in with him. So it doesn't matter if I stand here or block down the street. Same thing. In the meantime, someone from Floyd's team comes down and goes, hey, Ellie, where'd you go? Why are you not upstairs waiting? I said, oh, they told me that I can't even stand in front of their building. Who told you that? And it's in one second, I'm back in where I was inside the, <laughs> inside the building. So it's, there's a lot going on in boxing with jealousy and stuff. And you have 100 writers, but nobody reads your stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it, they're generals with no armies. I could start a website today. They're, they're not living the sport on a regular basis. They, uh, I agree with Hello? you there. Now, let's, while I got you on, let me just cover this really quickly. You know, I think... Now, and this weekend also on Saturday night, uh, over the pond, across the pond, as they say, Anthony Joshua beat up on Dominic Breazial. Uh, and I have to say, this guy is in looks like he's in a worse shape than me, potentially, Breazial. And hmm. he still took the champ seven rounds. I think that is a loss inside of a win. Joshua didn't look great. He, I mean, he looked better than, than Dominic, which isn't necessarily saying much. And after watching this fight, I actually feel like, you know what? Deontay Wilder, since that other fight got got messed up and didn't end up happening, Deontay Wilder should go put in work with Anthony Joshua real quick, and I think that he wins that fight. I wanted to get your take on that, and I just wanted to get a quick okay. take on the whole Tyson Fury uh, dropping out of this fight and postponing the fight, which I think is a hoax, personally. Go ahead. Let me hear what you got to say. Okay, a few things. So, watching the fight, um, I got to say this. Anthony Joshua could have blown him out of the park in two rounds. He had him hurt, and he didn't jump on him. He wanted to give his fans some round because his last fight, Lasted also a round and a half. And maybe he was worried. Maybe his corner told him, hey, don't finish it. Give the fans some rounds. They paid money to see you here. It's pay-per-view. UK pay-per-view is only 15 bucks. So people actually buy it. 
Here, pay-per-view is like up to 100, 79, 69, 89. I think that has a lot to do with it because Brazil, he's a big dude, but he he's not at that level of the superstars. He's okay. He's a nice guy, but let's let's keep it real. Um, I still think Wilder, if he catches Anthony Joshua at this point of his career, Wilder has the advantage. He has the experience. He has the win. He's fought the better opposition with no doubt. Um, but if you wait a couple of years, who knows? Because Anthony Joshua looks like the real deal. This fight, I think he just put in rounds just to give his fans some, some more action. I think he could have finished him after two because he hurt him and he, he dropped him and he backed off. He didn't jump on him. Um, Dominic Brazil struggled in his last three fights, so I wasn't surprised. I'm actually surprised it went that long, this fight. I'm very uh, and, surprised, uh, and, I'm, and I'm disappointed. Hmm? I'm surprised and I'm disappointed. Brazil was in terrible condition. You can look at him. He looked like he was in terrible shape. Yeah, uh, that's true. But, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. That's, uh, that's who they decided to go with, and they sold pay-per-view, and they packed the stadium, and when they had the way in, they had tens of thousands of fans show up for Joshua. He's a rock star in England, and they love their boxing, and they actually cover it. So I give him that. Now, Tyson Fury, this is the deal. He fought Klitschko last September. They found before the fight that he had extra levels of a component that helps you build muscle, which is illegal to take. Now, Uh-oh. they kept it as a secret Uh-oh. between, between that. Hello? I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, Do I smell it? some meldanoniolium? Some brazilium? Some of the, the funny business yes, is getting exactly. in the bloodstream somehow or another? Yeah, but here's the funny part. So they knew about it in September. It should have came out that month. He should have given Klitschko's back his belt. If this is true, we don't know if it's true, but from what it seems like it is. But there's such a big business of boxing, they kept it on the low. Because, come on, you know about this. It's been three, it's been nine months. That, that they knew about it. Why is it coming out now? Right. Why does it come out the same week that he pulls out of a fight? Does he not want to face the media? They're going to ask him about it. Does anyone want to face Klitschko? Because actually, if that's the case and the first fight is forfeited, Klitschko gets back his belt. You, it's a no contest. So it's never happened. So we don't know the whole story, but if that's true, they, they did a great job in England of covering it for so many months. Or- like Lance Armstrong. I don't know how to explain it. Like How, how in this day and age you could conceal that for so long. Or is if there a possibility? Again, we don't know, but... Mm-hmm. No, Ellie, is there a possibility that he's on it again, maybe? And he's pulling down so that he can get clean? Yeah, absolutely, that's a possibility, of course. I agree a million percent. Because why would you perform? Unless it came out the first time, and now maybe they said, hey, it looks like you're on it, or something happened. Absolutely. And if he's on it again, it's even more embarrassing. But to me, I'm pretty impressed that they were able to not release it and not tell anybody for nine months. Uh, again, to it's me, very big business in England. He's extremely popular. It's a lot of money involved, promotion, fighters. Uh, he's a rock star where the people love him or hate him. He's very popular. But, yes, it could be. There's a lot of, of options here. Why did he pull out of a Fighters go into fights injured all the time. Andre Ward fought with a broken hand in the final of Super 6 against Carl Frost with one hand. Maidana fought Mayweather in the second fight with a cracked wrist. Every fighter goes in with some kind of injury. Uh, Mosley had a torn Achilles when he fought Pacquiao. So, and he's he's talking about he's I, got a bum ankle. To, to believe that, that a, a, an injury would stop uh, Tyson Fury. Exactly. Plus, there's there's a video of him doing everything, but there's no video of him getting injured. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what I was just. 
I got a, I got a, a, a video of him walking the dog. I got a video of him doing the hula hoop. This guy's out there making pancakes. I see him drinking a 40-ounce to freedom. He's leading freedom marches for Nelson Mandela. I see this guy doing everything except for rolling his ankle. And I'm supposed to believe for some reason that this ankle roll, he needs six or seven weeks. I personally believe he just he just was not – he knew he wasn't ready to fight. Whether or not he had any performance enhancing drugs, I think he knew he was not ready to fight. I think that he enjoys being the, heavy, the heavyweight champion of the world, having all of those belts. And I think that he's trying to hold on to it as long as he can. And whenever the fight happens, I'll be amazed if Klitschko doesn't walk through him. Okay. And I'm going to tell you guys one more thing. And I, I know, listen, I've played basketball my entire life for 22 years. I've twisted my ankles more time than anybody can imagine. I'm sure <laughs> big old playing baseball. I'm sure you're my ankle never turned black, green, yellow. It turns you swell up and then it swells down and it's a little reddish. But he put a picture of his ankle. They overdid it with the makeup. <laughs> the colors were not even logical. It was black. Like, how, do those become black when you twist an ankle? So, and he's got the I'm best not a, a in position, but I also know what a, what a twisted ankle looks like, and that's definitely not what it looks like. So it's possible, but I think a still picture with a little, little coloring on it is, is not the same like a real injury. But we don't know. And it's a shame and it's unfortunate. And fighters should not try to try, try to cheat. Just win if you're good enough. You're not good enough, hey, you give it your all. Yeah. And you know what? One question. One more question. What about this Pacquiao Broner? Do you think it's going to happen? Broner told me about four months ago, before Pacquiao fought Bradley, that Pacquiao's team was calling in very seriously. Pacquiao's manager, Pacquiao's direct advisor, Michael Kahn, was calling in to set up the fight. Broner's a big name. He would sell. They probably thought Manny could win. Bob Arum didn't want it, maybe because of Al Heyman, maybe some other reasons, I'm not sure. And they went with Tim Bradley. We all know that wasn't the best fight. It was a letdown. I was disappointed from the fight. I expected Bradley to bring more, just to make it more entertaining for everybody. It was a lopsided, one-sided fight. Uh, now, Manny Pacquiao doesn't know anything about it because he's usually the last one to know. They bring him in just after they tell him who's he, who's he fighting. I spoke to members of Broner's team Saturday night at the, at the fight. Broner was supposed to get there, but last minute he just playing and land on time. So when I asked them, they said, let's meet tonight and we'll tell you everything. But I didn't get a chance to meet with them because I flew back here. So mm. I'll try to find out in the next few days. If it does happen, it's exciting. I don't know, Manny Pacquiao, in this point of his career, how much does he have left? Broner, if he's serious and he works out, can make it entertaining. But I don't know. If it is, it's a big fight because it would sell. I thought Manny Pacquiao retired, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm just looking online right now, and it says top rank Bob Arum has booked the Mandalay Bay. So I was, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's possible. I mean, look, they have a pay-per-view fight coming up in two weeks that it's not going to be easy to sell. It's the Crawford Postal. Two champions, but you have to be a hard, hardcore boxing fan to tune into that one. Crawford <laughs> is a bigger name, of course, but it's, it's still going to be hard to yeah, Ellie, well, it was great okay. having you on those. So tell, everyone, tell everyone really quick before, before we let go, tell everyone where to find the podcast. You can find the Ozone Podcast on Twitter at Ozone Podcast. You can find us on iTunes. It's the Ozone. And you can find us on Stitcher. Uh, we're the Ozone everywhere you look. Sports how we think it is and how it should be. That's it. Make sure to follow the best yeah. podcast on the planet. Thank you, Ellie. You're welcome. Thank Late. you guys having me. Always nice to have Ellie on. He's got a, an interesting perspective. Yeah. He's an insider, man. He's, he's really an insider. Uh, and it's great to have that inside man. It was great because he was actually ringside at the fight, you know. So that was that was uh, very interesting to get his perspective on on the crowd, on the upcoming fights, and the whole song and dance. I tell you, what else is interesting is to get your perspective on your wardrobe. 
I don't know, ladies, if your man likes to shop, most of us don't. But if they don't, you might want to send them over to 54club.com, where for only $60 a month, they can get a curated package of stylish clothing delivered every month that they get to keep that's worth more than $150. I mean, I don't see how you lose. I even have a bigger win for you. You know what it is, T? What? It's a promo code. Oh, give it to them. Give it yeah. to them now. Give it give it to them now. The promo code is Omar. And you want to go in there, type in Omar, and you're going to get money off of your very first month of membership. Check it out. 54club.com. Curated clothes for the man in you. Moving on to just a uh, very interesting... Very interesting take. I mean, that fight game is amazing. It was. So, that was a great fight. I mean, you haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Yeah. There was another great fight this year that's uh, eligible for fight of the year, but I think that one's going to beat it out. But this is – the thing that's tripping me out about this is just how it's just blatantly dirty, you know? And it's just kind of like people uh, – It's kind of like voting for Donald Trump, and you know it's dirty, but, you know, people are still doing it. Hey, you know, this is how real it is when people don't uh, – this is how real it is when people are disappointed with the options, you know? It's true. And you're just willing to go with what you're willing to go with and sink or swim, kind of like these people with the Brexit and everything else. Uh, one thing that I want to go with and figure out, we can go this route, is let's move into what is going on now. The main sport happening in uh, the United States is Major League Baseball. Who's here with me? Who's ready to talk about some Major League Baseball? Uh, I am. Hey, all right. Let's do it, dude. <laughs> right on. Woo! Hey, you know, they're bringing up that kid, Lucas Giolito, uh, tomorrow. And what do you think about young Lucas's chances uh, young, in the show? Young Lucas got great chances with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. That heater always translates. Translates, especially if you can throw ground balls with it. Yeah, and he's Very got, interesting. He's got an overwhelming breaking ball. Got that power dookie. Mm. <laughs> Stinks. Who's he starting against? I do believe it's the Mets. And as we speak, Matt Harvey. And as we speak, the Dodgers actually just closed out Pittsburgh to avoid a four-game sweep, which was uh, an ugly look. Speaking of funky, it made me say, "Ew." <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know what? The, the Pirates had a lead, a four-run lead. What's going on with Francisco Liriano? He's on your fantasy squad. You got to have the inside on that. I do have the inside, and my fantasy squad is in last place. And that's why Liriano, <laughs> because Francisco Liriano has forgotten how to pitch, as have the rest of the bums that are on my squad. It's very disappointing. I take my fantasy game very seriously, and what's going on here is just totally and completely unacceptable. I am happy that I have the big stud from Curacao, Kenley Jansen, out there, and he, uh, he gave me a 1.1 inning save, struck out two, and I needed that. Happy to see the Dodgers get back on track. I think uh, Good shortly luck with that, Lassie. Our break, it's going to be a lost cause for the Dodgers because the Giants are going to pull away with this thing. I, I don't see anybody beating the Giants, like I've said. Um, and I and and you know, I just I don't. The Dodgers got to get another stick. We well, they're talking about they're talking about getting Jay Bruce now. I have no idea why because Jay Bruce swings the stick, but he's just another lefty in a in a lefty heavy line, a lefty handed lineup. I mean, you don't need another lefty. You need a power righty. Puig is a, not a pro, power righty. No, he's not. No, he's not. And we got rid of a power righty by the name of Matt Kemp, who once upon a time was the best player in all of baseball. Now yeah. he's uh, down there playing on a terrible Padres team, but he's still putting up his numbers. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. But what I wanted to speak to you about is the man, the myth, the legend, 
the alleged domestic violence uh, abuser Jose Reyes coming back to the mm. New York Mets to try to rescue their season from the throes of constipation of being able to score runs. Well, you know what. This- it's what do you go- think that Jose Reyes still has in the tank? He's got a lot in the tank. He's, he went full circle, man. He came back home. But, I mean, you need more than Jose Reyes over there. That's one guy. He gets up, like, what, every two or three innings? If he's, if that, uh, Jose Reyes is not enough to save that organization. The pitcher, well, everybody's got a bum elbow. So we have to. We need to speak to the trainer over there. And then also we need to get more sticks in there. They keep sending guys up and down, up and down. You need to have consistent bats, consistent power bats, not Lucas Duda. You you had Conforto up there. You brought him up. You sent him back down. Now, now what? Now who are you bringing up? They're bringing up another lefty, another kid from the minor leagues. I mean, it's not going to fix the problem. I just don't know what Conforto could do in that situation. I mean, I like the <laughs> Get game, down. like how he played. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't know what he could do to have kept his spot. Nothing. I think he played well when he got the chance to play. He didn't get the chance to prove himself against lefties consistently. The kid hit a bomb in the postseason off of Clayton Kershaw. And, uh, that I, locks I was you impressed. in my lineup. Yeah, you locked in my lineup. You showed me that you're a gamer at this point. Yeah. And uh, – I don't know. It's just an it's just an interesting thing for the Mets there. And the other thing I wanted to cover with you, the Cubs dropped uh, uh, three out of four to the Miami Marlins this weekend. I had a chance to go to the stadium, check out a game. I got a chance to watch Jose Fernandez uh, uh, dominate the Cubs over seven and a third, or maybe yeah, around seven and a third or something like that. Devastating, and, huh? Oh man, watching this guy live. Jose Fernandez can pitch on any team that I'm a part of any day of the week. This kid's got so much heart. He's fired up. He's out there tagging up on fly balls. He's <laughs> stealing bases. This dude is, is, is cooking churros in the stands. He's doing everything. <laughs> this, this guy is a serious baseball player, and you can see he takes serious pride in his game, and he had it out to school uh, Wilson Contreras, the Cubs' rookie phenom, and he did exactly that. Now, the, the Marlins, moving into second place there, took three out of four. And it begs the question, are the Cubs overrated? And if so, why? Well, they're overrated just because they don't have disciplined hitters in their lineup. And if you go against a stud like Jose Fernandez, like you know that you're going to in the playoffs, then they're not going to be around too long because you need to have grind it out at bats. You need to not strike out as much. You have to get a guy's pitch count up so then you can get him out of the game. But if you sit there and you swing at everything or you can't foul pitches off, then you're going it's going to be early exit. Ah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot going on. Me myself, I think uh I think that personally um I think the Texas Rangers may be the best team in baseball right now. I still think that the Giants win the World Series, but I think that right now the Texas Rangers, what they're doing over there is really impressive. I think the Bannister's getting a good – he's getting the most out of those players because they've had guys get hurt and drop down. And I, I – I'm, you know, they their half of their rotation has gone to the DL, if more, not more than half. And now they're still winning games, and they're beating good teams, you know. And, right. uh, and I'm, I'm They manhandled the Red Sox this weekend. Go. Yeah, they manhandled yeah. the Red Sox. Yeah, and the game that they lost to the Red Sox, they actually should have run. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, you can't put that much faith in, like, Kobe Lewis to to win big games and stuff like that. He's been around a long time, but he's not a shutdown pitcher. He's pitching over his head right now. Although he's hurt when he comes back, he's pitching over his head. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still waiting for the Kansas City Royals to wake up. They seem exactly. like they wake up, and then they go back to sleep. Then they wake up, and then they go back to sleep. But they don't sleep. have any starting pitcher right now either. I don't understand why they didn't keep Cueto. 
I don't understand why, but you know, why anybody didn't keep Cueto. I, I don't know what the problem is because all he does is deal. He seems like he has mental lapses when he goes against teams like the Phillies, right? Uh, guy, guys that are not supposed to, you know. Yeah, they got him out yesterday. Guy, yeah, guys that are supposed to be the easy wins. I think he may have a mental let up, but when it's big game time, that's the guy you want. Right, right. I mean, there's a. Who would you take, Jose Ray, uh, Jose Fernandez, Johnny Cueto, or Clayton Kershaw, on the teams that they're on now? No, I'm going with Johnny Cueto if I got to go with that with the teams that they're on now. Over, 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 over Jose Fernandez, huh? Well, the Giants are a better team than the, the Marlins. Got to be able to hit the ball. You think they can grind out those at-bats? I don't think the Marlins can. I know that the Giants can. The Giants have a whole uh, uh, stadium full of hardware to let you know how they grind out yeah, at-bats. Yeah, that's true. You they know, got rid of Barry Bonds, and they reported to the World Series immediately three times in, like, five years. Barry yeah, would I don't love, know what else they can do. Barry would love to rub that in their face, huh? You know, because they got big Justin Bohr swinging a stick now and everything. Justin Bohr is a stud, man. That kid weighs 279 pounds. What is he, like 6'6"? Six, six? I don't know. You make him sound like King Kong Bundy over there. I don't think he's that big. I know he lost a lot of weight. That, I think his, he's more his, like 6'3", uh, 250. His numbers say 279. I think that was his pre his preseason <laughs> weight before he hit the the, the fitness regimen. They said but, he uh, lost forty pounds out uh, on the broadcast. They said he lost forty pounds to start the season. Right now he's they, he comes in at six four two seventy nine. I don't think yeah maybe, but I know that he's a, he's a big dude. I know that much, and I know he lost weight yesterday. He looked I good running the bags, right? I, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. He was he was motoring around the bags. He looked really good, really really good. So it was. Uh, it was. Yeah. It was. I was. I was impressed with Bohr and the Marlins. I think that Donnie Baseball, Barry Bonds, Andre Dawson, Tim Wallach, the coaches are doing a great job down here in Miami, and they're trying to get guys uh, excited about winning. And it's amazing what that can do for an organization. It's right. Just bunch winning of cures so many. You know, so many wrongs. Yeah. So many wrongs. Now, what do you think about this? Because a lot of people are talking about. The downside of signing someone who had a domestic violence incident. I personally, you know, I think the people are very quick to condemn. I don't know what happened between Jose Reyes and his wife. Um, but so I don't understand what these people are calling for. So should should a guy be put out of business because he had an incident that he was, I think, I don't even think he was found guilty, was he? No, no his, I think his wife dropped the charges. And not only that, why are you trying to have Jose Reyes uh, establish a standard for your life? I mean, I don't care what. <laughs> <laughs> can, Ho- can I just get Jose Reyes to play baseball and steal some bags? I don't need him to help me with my wife in my situation. You know what I'm saying? So let Jose Reyes play baseball and, you know, she dropped the charges. We have a problem in our society with that. When people are found innocent, we still want to hold them accountable. Well, our system is supposed to be innocent until found guilty, right? And we're not doing that. So when you're found guilty, when you're found innocent, we still want to hold something over your head. Just let it go. He doesn't have any charges against him. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what that is. There's a, I think there's an innate disdain for, for being a hypocrite. <laughs> no, there's no disdain for being a hypocrite. Being a hypocrite is, is encouraged. Yeah, in our that's society. true. That's true. There's a there's disdain for for successful people for them to live perfect lives, and I don't uh, I don't think it's just I I don't think it's realistic. The other thing I don't think is realistic is heading to Rio. To participate in the Olympics in the middle of a Zika epidemic. Why don't you want Zika? Everybody's doing it. <laughs> I'm cool. I am cool. Uh, uh, it's interesting to hear all of the different athletes around the world, um, you know, who have decided to not participate. 
And this year, we're, we're getting US, uh, USA Basketballs unveiling their roster. And it's going to be interesting to see. Tell me what you think about this roster. We got Carmelo Anthony, Harrison Barnes, Jimmy Butler, DeMarcus Cousins, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Draymond Green, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, Kyle Lowry, and Klay Thompson. Come on, dude. Who's going to beat that team? Ain't nobody beating that team. I mean, you can take half of them. The weakest link is Harrison Barnes. I mean, and he's like what? I feel like he's leaps and bounds ahead of the other corners. I'm sick and tired of watching the basketball team go and beat up on everybody. This is ridiculous. You know, why did they keep doing this? Why are these guys able to play? This is ridiculous. Let the college kids go play. So, yeah, let them get Zika. Right. What do they need? What do they need their sperm? I mean, for? and then we can end up with a whole bunch of little-headed babies all over the country. See that? Because all because all these guys are go go out afterwards and boink boink boink. Hey, this is a very interesting situation. Not with the boink boink boink, but it poses <laughs> the question. Just like how, for some reason, the Olympic Committee has now decided that uh, you can the, uh, professional fighters can fight in the Olympics. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So, it's going backwards. That's what it is. They need to create a standard uh, uh, regulation. Either professionals can participate or they can't. It just needs to be one or the other. When you're a professional, think- you're at the highest level of your field, period. Why are you fighting or participating against amateurs? You Even with, even when they're talking about baseball, let the minor leaguers go. You know They, they want to bring in the major league pitchers. I mean, come on, dude. Clayton Kershaw against somebody from wherever is – that's what the Kershaw is <laughs> giving people at the highest level problems. Right, it's like little league to him. So why would you go and have him? I mean, come on, dude, this is ridiculous. Manny Pacquiao is supposed to go fight some kid that just got out of the gym. He'd kill somebody. And then on top of that, he's supposed to get Zika. Come on, oh, man. man, I'm past. Damn. I'll pass. What's the motivation? You're asking for a lot. Hmm, I'll take Zika, or I'll just you know, no, I'll pass. I don't need Zika. I don't need the chicken yunga. I don't need dengue fever. I don't need any of that. Yeah, it's, it seems less than desirable. I can tell you that much. <laughs> now, the Zika, I, Zika I'm is supposed glad to. They didn't ask me to play. Let's just say that <laughs> the Zika is supposed to last in your system for up to six months, right? Dude, I got the good Zika. Pass me, <laughs> some. Pass me some, bro. I'm so wasted. <laughs> I don't know how long it lasts in your system, but I know it's not. Uh, it's not rated AG, baby. That's all good. I don't know what's going on with it. I just know I don't want it. I don't. I don't even like getting stung by regular mosquitoes, let right. alone uh, genetically modified well, mosquitoes. Well, riddle me this, Batman. Don't you think that it would have been better to instead of spending all that money to bring the Olympics there? Is, wouldn't it be better to take that money and to help eliminate the Zika virus in Brazil? <laughs> Why would they do that? That might actually do something good in the world. <laughs> Not a, You're right about that. It's about yeah. making money. It's what yeah. it's about. What it's always about. Yeah, because you can literally go and eliminate the Zika virus in that region and then throw a little smaller campaign. Everybody be willing to come out there later on after the thing is cleaned up. Clean it up, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just I think you're asking a lot of these athletes and then a lot of guys are catching flack who say, no, I don't want to go. Uh, why would I, I want to go out there? I just can't. I don't see. I don't want to go out there for carnival. You know, if you got bugs flying around, that's biting me. That's going to give me a disease. And I'm going to have come out with, you know, babies with deformed heads and stuff. I mean, nobody wants that. Who would do that on purpose? Tough spot. It's a tough spot. But you know what people do want? What? 
a brand new racer edition Ritmo Mundo watch. I'm wearing mine now. Been, I, I had a feeling you were. Have you been <laughs> over to RitmoMundo.com lately? It's pretty impressive. They got a, a, a very nice brand ambassadorship going on. Some professional drivers, professional tennis players. Wimbledon's about to start. And I do believe that uh, they've got a, a strong package of watches for you for whatever your budget may be. High, low, whatever. Ritmo Mundo. Race your way into the future. Moving on to the biggest sport in the world is football. <laughs> I think that it's pretty amazing uh, that Chile won the Copa America and it came down to uh, a situation, a goal situation, a penalty shot situation that Lionel Messi, who in my opinion is the greatest soccer player in the world, um, choked. He choked. He actually he, he hit it off the top uh, the top of the post, and he lost. And it, it really it hurt. It was unbelievable. He started crying immediately. Put his jersey in his mouth, and straight away he came out straight away. He didn't mess around. He said, "That's it. I retire." Wow. He said, "I'm taking this decision for me and for the many people who want this. I've tried so hard, but I'm leaving without managing the world championship." He said he's done with international soccer. This guy has been the, the voted the greatest player in the world several times. He has many uh, Liga championships. He, he, he's a stud. And he just can't win it for his country. What do you think that is? He can't do it for the gram. I ain't going to do it. Do it for the gram. I ain't going to do it. He can't do it for the gram. What do you think that is? Well, you know what? I, I respect him for just bowing out. You know, he he feels it's, there's some kind of mental block there. He can get it done anywhere else, but just when it comes down to this, he can't do it. So let's not hold his feet over the coals. You know, he was he has enough pride in this game to say, hey, forget it. You know what? I'm out. Yeah. I'm not going to stink up the joint anymore. Well, it's not that he stinks up the joint in the games. He just They just can't right. get it done. He can't and get it, over it, the hump. That's what it is, and it begs that question is, when do you recognize that, or is he going to go back and and go into the into look inside himself and say I'm going to give it one more try, World Cup, blah 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 blah. I'm I'm just I, I can't believe it because they actually the U.S. national men's team they played better than uh, they played over their head for a while, and then uh, you know they, then they got exposed for being Americans and for some reason the Americans are genetically predisposed to losing. Uh, in international soccer play, it's just not in us to to beat other players soccer. I don't know what why we can't get it done, but we can't. We don't focus um, on the game like that over here, though. It's uh, you know that's like what the maybe the sixth or seventh sport out here. So I we, can't roll. Do you know why? Why? Because for those kids who do focus on the game, that's all they focus on. I know, but they don't get the support over here, like finances uh, and the fields true. and yeah, that's not, yeah. yeah. That's not. For 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 if you are a professional soccer player from the United States, your whole life has been dedicated to soccer, and believe you me, you've had the best uh, uh, of training and the best of everything that we have to offer. Somehow or another, we just keep coming up short. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, I would have to believe that it's cultural because if you talk about the other countries, um, especially in Latin America and whatnot, those guys they live and breathe the sport. So we don't live and breathe. We have too many other things that we could do. I mean, you can, okay, I'm focused on soccer right now, but then you know what? Uh, it's summertime, too. Let me go to the beach a little bit. Let me do this. Let me do that. And these other guys are actually focusing in other countries, focusing on that sport all day, every day. Yeah, that's what they're doing. It's exactly what they're doing. Well, I think that's it for this edition of the Ozone. I want to speak about the NBA draft, but 
we'll save that for next week. It's not like anything's going to change. The NBA is still five, six months out. Uh, we'll get Laker quick on to speak on how he feels about the Lakers pick. Uh, I personally feel pretty good. I want to speak on what's going on uh, down there in New Orleans. I think Buddy Heald and Anthony Davis is going to make a good duo. Yeah. I'm sure you have some strong feelings about the draft yourself. Yeah. But as for now, I want to wrap it up, and I want to wrap it up for you with another fabulous quote, which will hopefully help you succeed in life. And it is from Bruce Fierstein. says, the distance between insanity and genius is measured only by success. Keep that in mind, folks. Sometimes you may be seen as crazy until you get it done. Next thing you know, you're a genius. Always great having you on the Ozone. Tell a friend about us. This is where we tell it how it is and how we think it should be. The Ozone. Unfair and partial sports. Out. Ozone. <laughs>